Uh, we'll talk some fantasy football now. On the line, Rich Dotson, founder of DynastyNerds.com. Rich, how's it going, man? Good, Andy. Always good to be back on with you, man. Oh, absolutely. Hey, you know what? We're getting to that time, right? Camps are going to be starting up. And now, if you haven't already, start to make plans for your fantasy draft. Because, Rich, the worst thing is it comes to draft night, and you're like, oh, no. I didn't do enough. And then you end up drafting some guy just on name value, and, and then you're hosed. How, how far in advance, now I know it's your job, but just in general, how far in advance should people start getting ready for their, their fantasy football draft? Like, is, it, is now the right time? Is it wait till camp? Or? Well, it's always, it's always good. All information is good information. So it's always good to have your toe in the water, so to speak, to kind of pay attention to see what's going around the landscape of the NFL, little news and notes. And you really want to dig in. I say right around when training camp starts. So the last week of July, you really want to start gathering some good information and see where these players stand, not only you know in the NFL, but on the NFL rosters and what scheme or where they sit in their depth charts. Because you know the score fantasy points, you need to touch the ball, and that's kind of seeing who's going to fit where on each team. Now, I'll get to a, a Twitter question first right off the bat here for you, Rich, to make sure we get it in. Um, and you can follow Rich on Twitter, at DynastyRich, and uh, go uh, to DynastyNerds.com as well for your fantasy football advice. This comes from at DynastyFFPlayer. says, who would you rather have as your RB3 on a contending 12-team PPR roster? The cheaper-priced Lamar Miller or the high-upside Deion Lewis? Yeah, I mean, there. I'm the high upside is going to be Deion Lewis. You know, Deion Lewis last year he led the league in yards after contact. Uh, he's somebody that in the second half he had the most rushing yards, averaged four point nine yards per carry. That's why I really don't get all this Derrick Henry love, who's going to be touchdown dependent. Deion Lewis, you know, seventy percent of his tat runs became in between the tackles. He's an overall solid running back, but he is going to split time with Derrick Henry. So when it comes down to those touchdowns, you might have to be a little bit worried there for Deion Lewis. With Lamar Miller, he's a great sleeper this year. You know, the Texans didn't do anything to address the running back situation. And you have Deontay Foreman, who's coming in off a tore Achilles, which a tore Achilles, that's just as bad as tearing a patella tan- tendon. 30% of players that tear their Achilles never come back at all. So both of those players are nice guys, but for me, I'm going to go with a higher upside guy, and that's Deion Lewis. Go with Deion Lewis. Yeah, we saw how dynamic he could he could be there with New England a year ago. So when we're looking at, and you mentioned they're splitting time, and before you came on, Rich, I was saying, it is tough. If you don't go running back and get one of those very rare bell cows, you might be stuck in some free-fall rotation, and you're panicking, and you're scouring the waiver wire every week to try to find a guy who's going to get some touches. Where are you at with drafting the upper echelon running back? Does that take precedent over... Uh, let's say an Antonio Brown as as a top wide receiver. Do you go running back first because if you fall too far back, you can get stuck? No, I don't personally. I, a lot of times, the best advice you can get is let the board come to you. Don't pigeonhole yourself. You know, don't say I got to take a running back. I have right. to take a receiver. You should you should look at the players. And I think I think over the last couple of years, Andy, we've really seen the landscape of the NFL change. Where you know the running backs were. Few and far between, but with this huge influx of young running back talent that's come to the NFL over the last couple of years, there's actually a lot of running backs now in the NFL, and some of those elite receivers have kind of died down mm. a little bit here. So, yeah. so you, say you miss out on a Todd Gurley or a Le'Veon Bell or a Zeke Elliott early, you come back in the second round after you get your Antonio Brown or DeAndre Hopkins, and you can get a guy like Jarek McKinnon. You can get a guy 
like Christian McCaffrey. And also, you got to remember, in today's day and age with the PPR leagues, you know, these PPR running backs really hold their own in fantasy football. A guy like Duke Johnson last year finished as a running back one in PPR formats, strictly playing a slot receiver for the Cleveland Browns. One of the few upsides for our Browns there, uh, Rich, right? <laughs> Very, very few, anybody. Tide's turning. Yes. Turning, my friend. And, and you know what? If you look at real quick, because the, um, the the Browns wide receiver core has been getting a lot of hype. Josh Gordon saying, hey, whether it's in jest or not, we feel that we're the best or one of the best in the whole NFL. Now, you look at Tyrod Taylor, and we know what he is. He's not a big number guy, but he's an efficient guy. With the wide receiver core, like a Josh Gordon, like a Jarvis Landry, Corey Coleman, I'm not too up on, but uh, Duke Johnson, uh, as far as that, where... How do you factor in the value of those receivers compared to Tyrod Taylor, who, again, we know isn't necessarily the most dynamic type of quarterback? Yeah, I mean, he's not overly dynamic, but look who Tyrod's been throwing the football to mm. over these last couple of years. Sure. I mean, the Buffalo, I mean, look at the Buffalo Bills this year. I mean, to me, if you're going to ask me, they're going to finish with the top four draft pick in the NFL. He took that team to the playoffs last year. Now, Barrett, they lost, they lost almost their entire offensive line. The receivers are Kelvin Benjamin, who's a big question mark just on weight alone, and Zay Jones, who, you know, he had one of the historically worst rookie years last year, and now he leaves there, and he comes here to Cleveland, where he's got Jarvis Landry, who's caught 100 footballs for four years straight. Josh Gordon, who has the potential to be the number one receiver in the entire NFL, a huge tight end in David Njoku, a great dynamic, uh, elusive running back in Duke Johnson. Uh, He's in a really good position to succeed, and Tyrod likes to throw those safe, short, intermediate passes. What a better place person to do that with with a guy like Jarvis Landry. I think his stats are going to get a little bit of a boost, and I think he's a nice, safe play as a backup quarterback. But unless you play in a super flex league, Andy, I mean, quarterback is something you should wait on, and a guy like right. Tyrod Taylor is going to be starting on a few and far between teams. Sure, and especially with, with Jarvis, if he can get up that average yardage, per reception to over 10 and he's going to be relied on in a PPR especially like he's been a he's 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 gold right especially as that that kind of option where in in that wide receiver group you could and it's been talked about with Todd Haley that they might slide him to the uh, outside they they'll they'll move him all around so i think he's going to become a more diverse type of weapon on that Browns team than he had a chance to be in Miami Agree wholeheartedly, and he's already shown in OTAs that he, he's still just as dynamic as ever. Yeah. And look for a little bit more Corey Coleman, maybe the rookie Antonio Callaway, to see some more of that slot action, along with Duke Johnson, of course, too. In conversation with Rich Dotson, founder of DynastyNerds.com, on Twitter, at DynastyRich. So let's get back to the running backs for a second. And you mentioned, yeah, we have a lot of, of young running backs coming in, and some of the tandems have, while it makes you sweat a little bit, have proved last year, if you look at the numbers, to pay off well, like a Mark Ingram, Alvin Kamara, Devonta Freeman, Tevin Coleman. Where does Kamara's value go up and Ingram slip, considering Ingram is going to miss the first four games of the season uh, via suspension? Does Kamara shoot up some boards to you now? Yeah, I mean, well, it's kind of hard for him to shoot up any higher than yeah. he is. The guy's <laughs> going at, like, number six overall after a dynamic year. People, people are like, wow, Alvin Kamara, that high? Absolutely is that high. In a Sean Payton offense, the PPR running back finishes as a running back one every single year. Wow. It just shows you why scheme and fit are so important, not only in the NFL, but in fantasy football. You know, is Alvin Kamara the best running back in the NFL? No. But is he in a great system with a great scheme and a great players around him? Absolutely, which puts him right around where he's going, right about running back six. And a guy like Mark Ingram, who's going to miss the first four games. 
Andy, that's a lot of games. When yeah, you're talking yeah. about a regular season of being 12 games in fantasy football, he is missing 33% of the season. That's a lot. That's a lot. And when every game counts for your fantasy team, that's a little bit too risky for me. And what if Kamara just comes in and he just dominates, which is highly likely. I mean, are they really going to cut back his carries drastically just to give Mark Ingram, who's, who's, his future in New Orleans isn't that long? I don't right. think so. Right, yeah, and, and that's that's the problem you might go into. Now, the Carolina Panthers is a real interesting backfield. Really, if you look at Cam Newton as a whole, what what he is expected to do, what he might do being inconsistent, but you have Christian McCaffrey, PPR darling, with C.J. Anderson, who ran out of steam at the end of his Broncos run, but with the Panthers, that combo, how do you feel about the Panthers' backfield coupled in with Cam Newton? Yeah, I think... Well, obviously, Christian McCaffrey, just being the PPR running back that he is, is going to be a solid running back one option. The guy is just a stud. He's electric with the ball. He's my number 10 overall fantasy running back on the year. Um, finished as running back one last year. Really like Christian McCaffrey. And I think C.J. Anderson's a nice complement to what Jonathan Stewart did. Uh, you know, a nice grinder in between the tackles. Hopefully going to be their touchdown guy. They can move the ball downfield. So, you know, C.J. Anderson, to me, is a nice running back three, low-end running back three area right around there, where Christian McCaffrey, to me, is a high running back one, strictly on PPR value. A couple more for you here, uh, Rich. Now, the tight end position has has been very... Uh, it, it's been interesting, I guess we could say, over the last, the last couple of years. You have Gronk. We know Gronk, when healthy, is the man, but you can't rely on him. Travis Kelsey has been great in KC. Then you start to really dip Zach Ertz, Olsen... Angram for the Giants. Like when you're looking at drafting the tight end, what advice can you give our listeners as far as taking one high or or what might be a value guy to keep an eye on? No, I like to take the. I like to get a really good tight end. Like you mentioned, after those first three you mentioned, Kelsey, Ertz, and Gronkowski, there's some question marks starting mm-hmm. to pop up here. And to me, when you want to win in fantasy football, it's about what edge can you have over your opponents. I think having an elite tight end is the edge that you're looking for. Because you, if you're rolling with Rob Gronkowski, Zach Ertz, or Kelsey, and somebody else is rolling with a guy like Jared Cook, then <laughs> you know that gives you a big edge over your opponent when you're getting wide receiver one numbers out of your tight end. But if you're looking for some value this year, you know Trey Burton, recently signed by the Chicago Bears, really good value when it's just him and pretty much Allen Robinson there. And Mitch Trubisky coming to his second year, the tight end's always a really nice safe, uh, safety net. George Kittle in San Francisco, uh, had a really good rookie year. Going to have more time to develop with Jimmy Garoppolo and that Kyle Shanahan system. I think he has a nice spot uh, there for some success. And then Jordan Reed. Can Jordan Reed keep his you know head on straight, I guess to say, or his brain from not moving and really hold off from those concussions? Because when he does, I mean, he's an elite receiver. And we already saw what Alex Smith did with Travis Kelsey. So wherever, everybody's going to like really hold off on Jordan Reed just because he's so – prone to those concussions, if he can stay healthy and somehow sneak in about 10 games out of that 12 regular game season, he has a chance to be a elite tight end as well this year. I mentioned Evan Ingram and the Giants off the top. That whole offense fascinates me because it seems like they're poised for a real bounce back. You put Saquon Barkley in the backfield, an improved offensive line. Oda Beckham Jr., mentally we know, is a question mark, but when he's on, Boy, one of the best. And then you can sprinkle in Engram with another year under his belt in a rejuvenated uh, Eli Manning. That whole Giants offense, is there anybody we should, you feel, go high on, stay away from? What do you think overall? 
I, I like the whole Giants offense as a whole. You know, I really love Evan Ingram. He's the number one overall dynasty tight end. Uh, pretty much a giant receiver there. And when you got a double coverage Odell Beckham, it's going to open some things up for him. And along with Saquon Barkley, who, again, Saquon Barkley is a dynamic running back, but his strongest suit is in the receiving game. So look for him to come out of the backfield and catch a lot of footballs this year. I expect at least 65 receptions, almost as a floor for Saquon Barkley. So I think that's going to open up, too. Not only does it open up things for Evan Ingram, and Saquon Barkley, but we can't forget about Sterling Shepard as well. Sure. You know, just about a thousand yards in his rookie year. Brandon Marshall, they give him the boot. He leaves town. That's going to open up things for him too. I think if you're looking for really good receiving value out of that Giants team, I think it could be Sterling Shepard, a really nice late round pick who could have high end running wide receiver three to low end wide receiver two numbers if everything shakes out right. There's a lot of options there in New York for Eli. And they're all very good options this year for your fantasy team. Where are you drafting Saquon Barkley? It gets, boy, this is a three-down back. We know the impact that rookies can make at the running back position straight out of the gate. But there's always the question of he hasn't played in the NFL. Where are you looking to take Barkley? I like Barkley right around, you know, right around pick, anywhere from pick 8 to pick 12. Okay. Uh, that's where I see him. Because, again, I think his – when you get a guy – for example, like Todd Gurley last year. Todd Gurley last year destroyed, I mean, absolutely destroyed the fantasy world. And he did a lot of that because he had about 87 targets, which is a lot. That's a lot of targets. And his receiving game took a huge step up. So that's why Le'Veon Bell is so valuable because he catches the ball like a wide receiver. Le'Veon Bell over the last two years has 160 receptions, which is the most in the NFL uh, by a running back over the last two years. So that's where the value really comes into Saquon for me personally, is not only is he going to be the in-between-the-tackles runner that you love, but like I said, he's going to catch around 60 footballs, 65 footballs, maybe as high as you can get up into the 80s, which is which is really high, but it's not too far-fetched with a guy like Saquon Barkley. So even picking him right around pick 8 to 12, that might turn out to be tremendous value. But for me, with a rookie, not seeing everything pans out, Eli's the quarterback there. There are some guys I'd rather, rather take ahead of them, which is going to push them right around that eight range. When I'm going to take a guy like Alvin Kamara, right. David Johnson, Zeke Elliott, Le'Veon Bell, Todd Gurley ahead of them. And then don't forget about some of those receivers like Antonio Brown and the DeAndre Hopkins. Rich, great stuff as always, man. Tell people where they can find the podcast uh, and all your work. You can find our Dynasty Nerds podcast, which comes out once a week, anywhere you can find a podcast, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, we're everywhere there. Uh, com for all the fantasy needs that you need. And, of course, if you ever want to talk fantasy, on Twitter, at Dynasty Rich. Good stuff, brother. We'll talk again soon. Thanks so much. Absolutely, and always a pleasure. Thanks, man. All right, Rich Dotson, as you heard, founder of DynastyNerds.com. Terrific site, at Dynasty Rich on Twitter.